Good morning, church. Merry Christmas. Uh, The scripture today is from two portions, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 to 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The second portion is from John chapter 1, 12 to 14. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the word of God. Good morning again. Thank you so much for reading the scripture for us this morning. Merry Christmas. It is here. It is time to celebrate the birth of Jesus after all of the waiting and preparing we have done through Advent. In the liturgical calendar, today marks the beginning of the celebration, the season of Christmastide, or the 12 days of Christmas. It can feel like it's actually the end of the Christmas season, especially as you look at the cultural calendar and it pivots toward putting Christmas away and preparing for the new year, but it's really just the beginning. We get to continue our celebration beyond today and into January. The liturgical calendar is a way that the church moves throughout the year It helps us to stay present and grounded in the season that we are in. And we spent the weeks leading up to Christmas waiting, anticipating, and now we get to celebrate the birth of Jesus, his incarnation, and what it means that Jesus came. As the angels proclaimed on the hilltop to the lowly shepherds, Jesus' birth is great news, good news of great joy for all people. In the story that we read with the kids this morning, we were invited to imagine the wonder that creation was filled with at the coming of the king. We saw the anticipation and excitement of this joyous news as it spreads across fields and deserts and oceans from the smallest woodland creatures to the loud lion's roar. There is excitement that it's time. At last, he's here. The people of Israel had been waiting for the Messiah to come for a very long time. From as early as Genesis 3, when God says to the serpent that he will put enmity between the serpent and the woman, all throughout the Old Testament, which contains at least 300 prophecies, we read that God will send a redeemer. 
One of our readings this morning was one of Isaiah's prophetic declarations of who Jesus would be. And I promise we're not going to cover all 300 this morning. But I want you to invite you into this one. Into the wonder and awe, as well as the excitement and joy of what it means that Jesus is our wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Imagine for a moment what it might be like to be the person in charge of something big, like the ruler of a country. And while none of us here, I don't think, rule a country, maybe you are already a person in charge. Maybe you are the boss, or a CEO, um, or a parent, or any number of different places that you can be in leadership. And maybe you aren't, and so I invite you to imagine, what is that like? What is your role? What are your responsibilities in this position? In many positions of leadership, whether the leader of a country, or a CEO, or the class president at school, many of these positions also have a team of people around them that act as advisors or counselors, those with wisdom or experience to help counsel the leader on what they should or could or should not do. Sometimes the counselor is someone who has previously walked the road you are walking. The role of this counselor is not confined to positions of leadership, though. You may find a counselor in a friend who has walked with an illness or experienced a grief that is similar to what you are now experiencing. This person is able to identify with you or is able to sit with you in the pain in the way those who have not just cannot. Or perhaps you find a counselor in someone who has followed a sim similar career path to the one you are now pursuing, and their knowledge and training can help guide you. Hebrews 4.15 tells us that Jesus is our high priest who is able to empathize with our weaknesses because he has been tempted in every way just as we are. Jesus has walked a similar path to us. He lived the life of a child. He grew into an adult. He had friends and family. He enjoyed eating around the table with others. He experienced the betrayal of friends. He had a job. He heard the scriptures read in temple. He read aloud to his faith community. He experienced loss. Jesus wept. Jesus is fluent in what it means to live a flesh and blood life as one who is both fully man while also being fully God. Jesus understands us as one who has gone through the whole of human experience as our wonderful counselor. And he is able to be the light that guides us in good times and into bad. Timothy Keller writes, as wonderful counselor, he walks with us even into and through the shadow of death. There are no, there, no other companion can go. He is a light for us when all other lights go out. It might not surprise you to know that I spend a lot of time around kids. And when you spend a lot of time around kids, one of the skills that you learn or recall from your childhood is using songs to help learn things. And for me, growing up in a church and spending much of my adult life in ministry and in churches and with my own kids, a lot of the songs that I recall are songs about God's truth. Sometimes these types of songs are spirituals that have been passed down. Sometimes they've been specifically written for kids and parents are torn on whether these are great or not, annoying or not, but we love them. And sometimes the songs that I learned in Bible camp, or maybe you learned in Bible camp, have now been remixed for the kids of this generation. If I were to start singing This Little Light of Mine or Jesus Loves Me, This I Know, I am sure that many of you, if not all of you, would be able to sing along with me. 
There's a song you might know, and my throat's a little dry this morning, so I'm not going to sing it for you. But it says, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. These words speak to the mightiness of God that creation itself testifies about. Psalm 19 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. And yet their voice goes out to all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. Jesus is this word made flesh. The word that spoke creation into being. Jesus is mighty. When Jesus calmed the storm in the boat with his disciples, they were filled with such fear and amazement that they asked one another, who is this? He commands, and even the winds and the water obey him. Our mighty God is the one who Paul tells us, though he is God, he didn't think of his privilege as God to be something to be held onto, but that Jesus emptied himself by becoming man, taking on human flesh, becoming a servant. In this great love for us, Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Or, as the message puts it, he became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Our mighty God lived and moved and ate with humanity. He spent time among the rich and the poor, the religious and the doubters, the sick and the outcasts. Our God is not an impersonal force, not distant or uninterested. Our God is loving and faithful. He always answers when he knocks, when we knock. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is our mighty God, able to calm the waves of the storm, create from nothing, and is also concerned with the details of your life. In John's Gospel, Jesus tells us that he and the Father are one. If we want to know what God is like, we need only to look at Jesus. Jesus alone makes the Father known. And I know that this word father can sometimes be a tricky one. It doesn't always bring to mind someone who shepherds and affirms and stays close. Maybe for you it brings to mind words like distant or unreliable, selfish or absent. But this is not the way of Jesus. Isaiah proclaims that Jesus is our everlasting father. And the fatherliness of Jesus points us to the love of our heavenly father. Jesus came into this broken world as a humble and tiny baby in the care of a young woman and a humble servant man to live like us, to teach us how to love one another, and to make us all children of God. My kids will sometimes say to me, you know, Mom, you're a child, and then they pause, a child of God. And they're right. And we are all children of God. And once we become a child of God, we are his and he is ours forever. Romans 8 tells us that nothing, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the love of our everlasting Father. In the second week of Advent, we spent time considering the theme of peace, this special Hebrew word that Pastor Natasha talked to us about that speaks of peace as being more than just quiet or calm, shalom. It is concerned with wholeness and well-being. 
It is a word that can be used for the individual, but also for the community, for two people. Peace for you, peace for me, peace for us, for our city, our country, all of creation. The angel's announcement of Jesus' birth is sounded with the words, peace on earth. Jesus ushers in this wholeness and this completeness for all of creation with these words. And peace is found wherever God's rule and God's reign is brought into the world. And Isaiah says, of his greatness, of his government and peace, there will be no end. Because of Jesus, we can experience wholeness and wellness. Jesus told his followers, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you, do I give to you. Jesus shows us peace through his example. His ministry and his life was one of peace and humility. In Ann Voskamp's book, The Greatest Gift, she writes, the message of Christmas is not that we can make peace or that we can make love, make light, make gifts, or make this world save itself. The message of Christmas is that the world's a mess and we can never save ourselves from ourselves and we need a Messiah for unto us a child is born. Isaiah's prophetic declaration contains just four of the many names that the Bible uses for God. And these names help us to understand who God is, point us to his character and his great love. What a wondrous truth it is that Jesus is our wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. Jesus is the one who became flesh and blood to make his dwelling among us. Our God moved into the neighborhood And we saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. He wasn't rich or powerful according to the world's standards. He was not a warrior king, but he is the servant king, the one who washes his disciples' feet, heals the blind, feeds the hungry, loves the poor, searches out the outcast. He is the king who ushered in his kingdom by coming to us in the tiny form of a baby. And so while we are in the space of the kingdom being here, but yet not fully in its fullness, we wait for the second coming, and we have a great hope and light to tell the world about. Let us pray. Jesus, your birth is indeed good news of great joy for all people. We give you thanks for coming to earth as a tiny baby, bringing life and hope to us all. Help us to live each day as a celebration of who you are. Amen. I'd ask you now to just take some time to reflect on what this means to you. The gift of Jesus, our wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace.